0: Real talk, live it right the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside and get your body outline and chop I left the institution real talk. live it right the execution real walk and stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside and get your body outline and chuck. Welcome, welcome everybody. Welcome back. Yes, welcome yes to uh House to House Podcast, Episode Two. This is Marty. I'm in here with Ragu. Yep, yep. I hope everybody is enjoying. Well, we are recording this on Easter, so by the time you hear this, it might not be Easter. But I hope you enjoyed <laughs> Easter. <laughs> hope you had a good time enjoying, whether you called it Easter, Passover, Resurrection Sunday, whatever floats your boat or your fancy, as the <laughs> as the tutors would say, your fancy. <laughs> um, but we are here and we are getting out this podcast for you on Easter. I right. uh, thank God since isn't is a Sabbath. We'd be doing work. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> <Right. We laughs> Did might, I walk five miles? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We might be in trouble here, but it's not. So um, we want to keep going with the conversation. Um, we thank everybody for, we just want to thank everybody for, um, you know, all the feedback that we're getting so far. It's been extremely positive. Not that we're only looking for positive feedback. You got negative feedback too? You know? Go ahead. Fire away. Yeah, fire away. We got thick skin. Um, so we look forward to continuing the conversation. Uh, this is house to house where we reflect our Father's kingdom one house at a time. Yes, and uh, we're going to continue the discussion today on culture, um, not culture from a you know an, an earthly point of view because I think you know you can look up many historical documents and see culture, but we want to kind of continue to unpack um, the perspective of culture from the culture of heaven. But before we do that. I actually got a phone call. I actually got a phone call um, based on our last episode. It was a good positive phone call. Okay. Very uh, encouraging phone call. It wasn't like your show sucks. It wasn't anything like that. <laughs> hate mail. Yeah, we didn't get any hate mail. Um, it was some questions um, because our first episode had sparked a couple questions for this person. And um, so they called me. They actually called me on my phone. Um, they called me on my phone and said, hey, and love the first episode. Mm-hmm. But it, you know stirred up a couple questions in them so they said hey you know you guys talked about culture and you know God's ultimate goal and what his original intent was and they were like you know I agree with you 100% I'm, I'm I totally fall mm-hmm. in line with mm-hmm. that but their question was well what about all the other people like like what about all these hundreds and thousands and millions of people that that's not their testimony right what mm-hmm. that's not they you know where they are that's not where they live what what do those people do and it was kind of like a two-part question I said well what do those people do and like what, what else did she say what did those people do oh and like did God actually work through them like for those people hmm. was was that actually God you know if <laughs> yeah. they like went to a church or you know Bible mm-hmm. study or whatever was that quote-unquote God working in their life and I said wow that's a really good question and so For everybody listening, you know, we definitely want to field those questions. Not that I'm going to, you know, me or Ragu are going to claim to be experts, but we want to, you know, have the dialogue. So I'll share my answer. You know, Gu can share his thoughts on it. You know, so what I told this young lady, (laughs) what I said to her was I said, you know, I think that God works through all of that. You know, we 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 can't limit God's you know abilities based on our limitations, uh-huh, uh-huh. and so just because someone is not their context is not God's you know preferred Route. you know mm-hmm. optimals routes uh, or situation doesn't mean that that limits him in some way, shape, or form. He is not limited in the way we are limited, and the, the, the Bible talks about that. He's not mm-hmm. limited in the ways that we are limited. So. Let's say someone doesn't have a mother and a father in the home, reflecting the full image of God to them from Mm -hmm. the moment they're born until the moment they become an adult or what have you. What now? Does that not mean that godly people in their lives can't plant seeds or, you know, godly friends or other relatives Mm -hmm. cannot reflect God's image? Well, of course they can. And so for all of you listening, I want to encourage you because if that's not your testimony, we don't... Want to give you the impression that that's what we meant. Um, and then to the to the second part of, of the question, I didn't forgot my train of thought. What was the, second, the first part oh, of the question? Uh, oh, what, do you do, with oh, what the do, folks do you do? Oh, what do you do? we
1: go. In the, the
0: church. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> so we have what, to answer the question. Right. So, what do we do with all those people? Um, we have to, A, I think we have to be a reflection of the Father. Don't, I would say, don't try to reach them all reach the people in your sphere of influence that's mm-hmm. so that would be my answer to, to those questions what about you Reggie?
1: so you know the first part was definitely acknowledging that the lord uses any and absolutely there's no limitations on what the lord can use for me for as an example is i grew up in a household that practiced practiced hinduism and i never really knew anything apart from that and i met the lord in college and likewise the lord uses any and any tool available to execute his will on the earth. And so there is no limitations. Um, and I think the second question was in respect to, um, those that are in the institution, the church, um, that don't necessarily see the accurate reflection of the Lord. And, I do agree with your sentiments, Amadi, about just only affecting those that are in your sphere of influence or those that you encounter and that you feel led to build a relationship with because one of the best things to do is not to be stretched outside beyond where you have the liberty to, where the Lord doesn't give you the liberty to do so because when you do that, then you're doing it upon your own strength and therefore it can it can cause uh, self- self-inflicted suffering that wasn't necessarily there to begin with so
0: that's that that's a good point and so um thank you i want to just again thank the young lady for the questions they were very beneficial i hope that you guys got something from that but i think gu what you just said i think which can sort of transition us in back into our conversation is even in trying to affect people, right? And saying, okay, I want to share with people about the kingdom of God and really talk to them. And mm-hmm. then we, we make the mistake, because a lot of us have, and you even see it in scripture, Paul makes this mistake where we try to go outside of the place in which we have a grace to do. And by mm-hmm. grace, I just mean a place in which God has given us liberty to, to to share, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. place meaning people, a particular people in a particular place. We have a liberty to talk to them. God has sort of given us and opened up doors for us to share and talk with them. But then we start smelling ourselves, uh-huh. right? We, we start feeling ourselves. You're like, you get you know a little what? puffed up. Yeah, right? you know, we're getting puffed up. People start being receptive. And you're like, you know what? I'm gonna step on over here. <laughs> and what ends up happening, but the, the reason I think it's related is because we talked last week about the mentality of someone of uh, a believer who although god calls us his or her you know a son
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: we still behave or think like an orphan and i think that making that mistake even can 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 even push us further into the mentality of an orphan and what i mean by that is you said that If I try to share the message of God's kingdom Mm -hmm. outside of the places in which he's given me liberty or given me a grace to do so, I'm relying on myself. I'm no longer relying upon him. I'm now relying upon me and my gifts and my talents or charisma, personality, Mm -hmm. whatever. That's now the source of my strength. And instead of God, I'm relying on me to go into all these areas and quote unquote, preach the gospel or you know share the good news but in actuality i've stepped outside of his culture
1: Mm -hmm. and therefore you know now it becomes your true efforts and then now you've created a whole agenda of things that now you want you and as an individual want to accomplish as opposed to really seeing what the lord wants you to do and execute those things
0: and that's hard and the, the reason i say that paul made the same mistake if you recall in the book of Acts, Paul wanted to go to Asia Minor mm-hmm. to "quote unquote" preach the gospel, right? Preach the good news, and the Holy Spirit restrained him. Now, Paul could have pushed past that conviction and said, "Nah, I'm, I'm going. These people need to hear the gospel, and they probably did need to hear the gospel, just not through Paul." Mm-hmm. And that's where we, you know, can you know fall off and sometimes miss out on God's direction by relying upon ourselves and not relying upon him. So I just wonder, you know, I think that that's a good transition back into our discussion because where we started at last week was changing our culture and understanding that with faith in Christ, not just a spiritual transition has to take place, But almost a natural one as well. Absolutely. And part of that natural one is transitioning in culture.
1: Yeah. And so I guess with that that said, you know, we move on from going from a non-believer to a believer. And in the midst of that transition, there is also, you know, being an orphan or that orphanistic mentality that still exists. And those things have to be flushed out as well. And so I would like to bring up a a few points in reference to that. And that, you know, one of the things that is always, always at the forefront is that, you know, we're more than just a body clothed in flesh trying to pursue and fulfill our own actions.
0: That's a that's a great example. So you're saying that I can be a believer so like like you know, I went to church or I went mm-hmm. to a little Bible study and I and I got saved, right? right. I got saved, Hallelujah! Mm-hmm. But I can still see myself as only flesh, clothed in clothes. Yeah, like Absolutely. That's, and, and limit my view of myself. Absolutely. And so how do we transition from there? Where do we go from there?
1: So you know the the best place to be, you know, the the final goal, of course, is being an accurate representation of the Lord. But that process of weaning and dying to yourself and really representing the Lord and all the things that you do is ideal. And so one of the scriptures I definitely want to bring up is, you know, that we are comprised of both spirit, soul and body. And and that's first Thessalonians 523. And then the next part I want to mention is in Galatians 220 is. The fact that, you know, we're crucified with Christ every day. So, you know, it'd be nice to be able to say, hey, I can do whatever I want to do. But if I truly am a Christian and a believer, then the first thing I must do is to
0: die. Mm. And things like that, it's it's so big that we... we can't look at it like in a vacuum Mm -hmm. right? and we just say because that's just one of those generic things that you know we say we got (laughs) to die to christ or you know we got to die in christ in christ we have to die to ourselves what the heck does that mean like you know that's that's such an abstract Uh you know it's very abstract and you know i i like to think of it as when someone says oh uh i love you right that's Mm -hmm. a very abstract thought i love pizza I love basketball, <laughs> right? I love my wife. Mm-hmm, like, what mm-hmm. do you mean when you say that? I love, you know, whatever. I, I love traveling. We, It's, again, just very abstract. And yeah. so, until I put some meat on those bones. And so, what do you mean, like, when when you say we have to die, what, what exactly does, does that look like? Or so, some of the things that, that that can look like?
1: So, some of the things that, you know, when I say you have to die is, you know, you... Are not, you know, you're you're not reflecting yourself in the sense that, you know, I'm fulfilling selfish or soul soulish desires of the flesh. So like anger, jealousy, envy, strife, hate, malice, those things that are listed in Galatians, and we'll find the exact scripture reference. (laughs) (laughs) But those things are not being put on display. That's Galatians five. But yeah, go ahead. Those those. Particular fruits are not being put on display, but more so the fruit of the spirit, which is love, which is joy, peace, kindness, those things.
0: Yeah, it is Galatians 5. So Galatians 5, like 19 through um, 21, just talks about the works of the flesh. So those things that you were talking about. No, it's, it's definitely right. We we can't be led by those things. We uh, and We have to put those things down now. As it pertains to our discussion, the reason that it, it, it's so imperative that we do so is because those things are, you know, it's a part of us, yes. which are a part of our culture, right? It's mm-hmm. all a part of us. And so think about it. And, you know, we both live in the United States. And as a part of, you know, um, U.S. culture, mm-hmm. American culture. Capitalistic you gotta an, yeah, culture. Got to be a man, be a man, get out mm-hmm. there and make this money and do this and do that. And so now I become a believer, though. Here we go now. I, okay. Christ, in a, you know, <laughs> crosses my path. Uh-huh. But yet and still, there's still a part of me that's like, get out here, get this money, be a man. What What? What? Ha- I have <laughs> to put that down. I have to now say, wait a minute. The... The the Bible tells me to do something completely opposite, completely to that. foreign. Actually, it, that because, is a, yeah, a separate entity. It's and a foreign thing, concept yeah. to me. Uh-huh. Not only that, it's not sin, right? It's not sin. It's it not, is. It's not fornication, or you know, stealing. You know, you try to read the commandments. I right, where is capitalism <laughs> in there, right? Is <laughs> <laughs> capitalism number seven, right? Now, of, of course, you can kind of say you know, you know, the uh, love of money, but well, yeah, it's the root of all <laughs> evil. But the the point that we're we're trying to make is that's a part that is ingrained in us yeah, as I think our that, culture.
1: That's definitely a keynote to make the uh, Amadi is, you know, these things they are still a part of you, but they're just not on display. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking about some foreign object or something that is outside of us. It is you know part of what makes what makes us up in our spirit and soul and our body. That's part of our soul.
0: Mm hmm. Now, I want to read another scripture um, in, in Matthew 28. Now, it's it's one that we all know and love. Right. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the preachers love to quote it, you know, when it's time to open up the doors of the church and that sort of thing. And a lot of people have it as a part of their mission statements. A lot of different Christian organizations might have it as their mission statement. But I'd, I'd like to just bring, you know, something to everyone's attention. And I think it is in line with our discussion. And so in Matthew 20, in Matthew 28, um, verse 18, right? This is right before Jesus's final ascension. And we all know it is the mm-hmm. Great Commission. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes people bring up a topic and you think because you know it, you don't really pay it much attention. Um, but I'd, I'd like to just look at these verses again. So verse 18, um, and I'm reading the New English translation. So if, if you're out there reading, <laughs> it right. was a little different. We just kind of had a joke earlier. I've memorized so many scriptures in the King James now. It gets hard to search. So um, then Jesus came up and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people stop there and Mm -hmm. that's our mistake. One of the biggest mistakes of most believers is we stop at verse 19, but if you look at the end of verse 19, there's a comma. There is not a period, so it's not a complete statement, and people, you know, we we get hung up on verse 19. We say, oh, we want to go and make disciples. We want to go to all the nations and mm-hmm. preach the good news, but Jesus continues to talk. Yeshua continues to talk to the disciples. There's a comma there, and it says, comma, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, I think that the verse 20 speaks to culture. It does. Verse 19 does not necessarily speak to culture. Verse 19 speaks more to conversion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this is what we talked about last week, the difference between conversion and... And culture. So I can go to the nations and go to wherever. America, South America, you know, Europe, Africa, wherever. And share the good news. Share the gospel. Jesus loves you. Mm -hmm, He died for mm -hmm. you. Yada, yada, yada. And I can leave. And never, ever impact or touch or affect your culture. You have merely been converted, but you have been left to figure it out in your still in your earthly soulish cultural context Mm -hmm. and that's been one of our biggest mistakes and so jesus doesn't leave it there he says now in addition to converting them teach them to obey the things in which i've taught you to obey right you are living you know these disciples Mm -hmm. was walking with jesus for three years so they learned to to obey god in some areas don't just go and convert people teach them to obey that's how you'll keep them. You know, the yeah. the conversion will get them, but changing of the culture will, I think, sort of keep them.
1: Yeah, and so I think with that note, um, that's also an unfortunate way where believers may get saved repeatedly because of that insecurity still there. They don't know what they're in. Mm-hmm. The, you know that salvation process, and and to be clear, it once you're once it happens, you're in. You know. It's not a uh, membership club where you have to renew every so often. <laughs> oh, man. You mean I've been paying
0: all these membership fees? And I...
1: <laughs> but it would
0: be good to check in.
1: <laughs> oh, man. And, and so also, I think I, I want to bring up a scripture in 1 Corinthians 4.15. And this is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have become your father Through the gospel, and and to me, this speaks to the fact that, and and back to that conversion process, that there has to be someone who is discipling you, and teaching you those things that they have learned. Because without that, you know, you're back to square one.
0: Mm -hmm. So let's let's put this in you know normal human context, right? What do what do believers normally do when they engage with unbelievers? What what is the question we What is the question we ask instead of the question we should ask We we ask Are you saved Usually or or we either ask Are you saved What church do you go to Do you
1: know what's going to happen when you die Those are that's the
0: end Yeah and that's it Those are all great questions (laughs) Uh But here's a question we don't ask Who discipled you (laughs) When's the last time another believer has asked that question to you? When is the last time you have asked that question to another believer? These are, and this is Bible stuff, guys. This is not like some new, weird, cultish thing we're making up. This is in the Bible that you read.
1: We're digging through the scripts. Yeah, and so
0: that would be a question when, you know, the the next time someone asks you, hey, what church do you go to? You could respond, hey, who disciples you? (laughs) Just throw it out there. And and look at the the expression mm-hmm. on their faces, um, because I can I can pop into a church. That's simple. We That's can get easy. up right now. It's Easter Sunday. We <laughs> there's can still get probably up. services <laughs> going right now. <laughs> right, there's some services probably going on right now. it's is we're on the East Coast, so this is Eastern time. It's seven fifty p.m. There is still some some services going on right now.
1: I could find one. I can guarantee you that,
0: or some online or something. Yeah, but. If you were to ask the question, who disciples you, many, many believers would give you a perplexed look. Like, they would be mm, unsure. They would be unsure, That's, which is, it is rather unfortunate. But what it does is it highlights the deficiency of culture change.
1: Yep, it does. Absolutely. It puts it on full display.
0: Because you can, you know, we are, we are preoccupied with getting information which is what we can get from teachers. This is what Paul is speaking to mm-hmm. in 1 Corinthians 4. He says, you have 10,000 teachers.
1: Yeah.
0: That's information, yeah. knowledge. We mm-hmm. can get a lot of information and a lot of knowledge. Where do we get our culture from? Our mm-hmm. parents. It's our parents who teach us yep. morality and things of that nature. We, we get our culture from our parents. And so he says, I have become not just a teacher to you, but your father in the gospel. Mm-hmm. I've, Started to impart because look at if you read that next verse, he says, And now I encourage you, be imitators of me. Wow! So he's saying, I'm not just here to give you information, I'm telling you, if you follow me, if you look at me, if you receive this impartation, wow, you will be able to get some culture in addition to all of this information that I'm going to give you.
1: So pertinent in this day and age because information can be gathered. Any and everywhere. Right. But those who actually ex- exemplify or put on display the things that they have learned, as well as just demonstrating Christ in front of another, it's, that's harder to find where I can actually t- tangibly touch and feel and see these things.
0: That's exactly right. Where can I go to tangibly touch and, and hear and feel and mm-hmm. taste and see and all these different things? Yes. see. In the, where can I go? Who can I go to? And we're, we're, because we're so accustomed to just getting information, we come up with foolish notions like, you know, people say all I need is God, I don't need anybody else. There's even songs out, all I need is Jesus, I don't need anybody else. And I think, we, and I think the reason we believe those lies is because our culture hadn't changed. Nope. We got a lot of information but our mm-hmm. culture never really changed. Because if we changed cultures, we would know, in order for this thing to progress, I do need people.
1: People make up the body of Christ,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Without people, there's no body. I'm not the only person in the body of Christ. Because yeah. um, one of the one of the scriptures that we mentioned last week, and we uh, forgive us, we forgot to mention this last week. So to uh, compare and contrast, First Corinthians three sixteen, we referenced this in the previous episode, where the um, Paul says, you know, you're the temple of God, right? And the mm-hmm. Spirit of God dwells in yep. you, but you're not the only temple. Because Peter would then say in 1 Peter 2, and we mentioned this as well, that we are all being built together as Mm -hmm. living stones into a bigger temple, into a bigger structure. Mm -hmm. So you are not the only temple. You are the temple, but you're not the only temple. And I think it's that orphan mentality, that reliance upon self that we've been talking about, that reliance upon yourself, you, yourself, and I, Mm -hmm. or you, yourself, (laughs) and you. How does that work? (laughs) I don't know. It
1: sounds like a, what's
0: that Jim Carrey movie? Yeah. <laughs> me, me myself, know, I and Irene. Yeah. I don't know how I would go in the third person. You, yourself, and him. <laughs> I think that's right. You, you yourself, and that guy. Um, but if I you know, only rely on myself, I'm going to think I'm the only temple. Um, but if I understand that I am a temple but not the only temple and that myself along with Ragu and many others were being built up into a much larger structure because we're all living stones.
1: Absolutely. Then I'll mm-hmm. understand
0: that I need people and I'll, I'll, I'll need. But again, to see that, even to see something like that, my culture has to change. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause, well, I was just going to bring up the, the point in uh, another scripture reference is in uh first Corinthians 12, 12, just as the body is though one has many parts, but all its parts, all its many parts form one body so it is with christ so it's it takes the collection of members to form the body of christ you know and again you know our vision has to see beyond ourselves and i think the ultimate goal and what we what you strive towards is maturing yourself not by yourself but <laughs> with the assistance of those who you know have you know the insight and the understanding, the wisdom, and the capability to assist you in your discipling process and
0: the maturation. That's a that's a great point that you bring up, Raghu, because we how would think about it like this? You know, we we both went to college and and now I would I would shudder to think that if I would have went into you know I I got a degree in engineering. If I would have went into calculus one or calculus two or something, and all they did on day one is say, Welcome to Calculus and drop the book, say there's the book, study it and be ready for an exam.
1: Don't even get you a calculator either.
0: Right. No T I eighty three. That's back in the day for you young folks. You folks under the age of twenty five have no idea. When they came out with them uh, graphing calculators, it was like, What? Ah! Anyway, but yeah that, that that would be so foolish. Right? That to, would be crazy. That would, that insanity. would be insanity. We think that would be insane for calculus to just say, "Here, here's the calculus book. Figure it out." But yet, still, this is what we do in 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 the house of God. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, in 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 many churches, what what'll happen here? thank you're you're saved. Welcome to Jesus. All right, here's the Bible. Start reading it and figure it out. And we just say, "Figure it out." Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think that we need to realize not only is that incorrect and the the notion of like what we said you know that i'm not the only temple i'm being built into a larger structure and you know just to burst some some people's bubbles the the temple or the the i'm sorry the larger structure mm-hmm. in which mm-hmm. we're being built into is not your local church no it's not your local that's still just a part that's just a part because we think just you know the the, lo- the local church and it's it's not even that you know, and uh, that's great. You have to have a local body and a, a collection of people that you get to and you worship on Sundays and here, we're not here to bash any churches. We're just here to get you to see outside of your particular paradigm, and that, as well, is just a part, just a small part. And I have to be able to allow God to twist and turn and shift and change my mm-hmm, culture mm-hmm. enough to be able to see um, from a from a more you know macro level. Yeah. So I think you know in. In closing, um, it's very important that we start to follow the the breadcrumbs. And I, you know, these, I hope that you guys are getting something out of these things. Is that, you know, God's idea is not just to save you to take you to heaven, right? Because right. if that was the case, when we all got You're saved, done. yeah, we would have got beamed up. All right, just go ahead and uh, what's that? Uh, clean our Star hands. Trek, just beam me yep, up, Scotty. Yeah, you. you could just beam me up. He didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, what he did was he saved you. And left you in a particular context mm-hmm. in order to not just save you, like Ragu said, um, spirit, soul, and body, right? Not just to save the spirit, mm-hmm. but y- your soul and your body will be changed. Yes. And oh, after just some <laughs> closing remarks. Oh, no. closing remarks. Uh. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes,
1: God. No, I, I think just as we are continually are striving for maturity, you know, just in the natural from a baby up to adulthood, you know, we still have to, you know, get in, get in sight and get in that scope of looking. What is my maturation process as a believer from baby to maturity?
0: Mm. And so we're, we're going to get into a little bit of that next time is, you know, so you say, all right, Amadi, all right, I I understand my culture has to change. Well, what, what does that look like? Where do we go from here? And so what we're going to do next time is we're going to start that discussion on some of the steps, some of the stages in which you're you're going to have to shift and transition and change um, and what that looks like um, at least some some of what it looks like and hopefully you know we can sort of expound and don't limit you know so that you won't be limited on how you see yourself. I think when you know when we change our culture um, one of the biggest things that we will see change is the way that we see ourselves mm-hmm. and Absolutely. you know as an example of that, and I'll close here, is, you know, though we both serve God, right, mm-hmm. I'm not just a servant of God. I'm a son of God. So we hope to expound <laughs> we'll upon that. We'll leave you upon that parable. Right, <laughs> right. We will leave you there. There were two men in the field, and one was a son of God. And one... <laughs> so with that being said, we do thank you guys for listening one more time. Um, please join the Facebook group, and if you have someone who you think is interested, please... Um, in, invite them to the Facebook mm-hmm. group. Um, you know, share your questions, comments, um, you know, insight, whatever you might have, and feedback. And we hope that we can answer as many questions as possible. If not, we will reach out to those who are more mature than us and get some answers for you. Yep. Um, but as always, we work to reflect our Father's kingdom one house at a time. So for Ragu, this is Amadi saying thank you guys. Yep. Wrapped up in Q. I left an go. institution, now that's some real talk Live right the execution, now that's some real walk Stay cool cause outside my dude is real hot Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk I left an institution, now that's some real talk Live right the execution, now that's some real walk Stay cool cause outside my dude is real hot Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk I left the institution, real talk Living right the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside, and get your body outline and chaw. I left the institution, real talk. Living right the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, Cause it's hot outside, I get your body outline and chalk. And stay cool, stay cool, Cause it's hot outside, stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's
1: hot outside. I get your body outlined and chalk.